All right, let's take our Bibles tonight, turn to Romans chapter number 7. Look at Romans chapter number 7, want to finish up Romans 7 tonight. This is one of the easiest passages in the Bible for me to identify with. It tells the absolute truth about the life of the believer. Now, uh, what we're about to read here, some believe that Paul is describing the life of a carnal believer. <clears throat> that he's talking about believers who refuse to yield to their lives to the Spirit of God. However, <clears throat> I read these verses, and to me they are intensely personal. <laughs> uh, Paul comes across... It's like he rips the covers off the, his life and he shows us, gives us an intimate portrait of himself and his personal struggles. And I think he does that so that we will know that hey, we're not alone in this battle, amen. And I hope that you'll uh, take a little bit of comfort and understand uh, what Paul is saying here tonight. Uh, rather than it being a description of a carnal believer, uh, this is actually a, a portrait of a maturing saint and it's the way that life was for Paul as a child of God. And, and most of us, if we're honest, we could say, man, I can identify with that. <laughs> uh, most everything he says here, we can identify with. And while Paul was writing down his own struggles, he's at the same time writing about our lives as well. And so let's look in these verses this evening and see if we can identify with what is portrayed in verses 14 through 25. Let's, let's go ahead and read it and we'll come back. Verse number 14, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For, that I, what I, for what I would do, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. As he's not talking about past tense here. He's talking about present tense. He, he, he's talking as a believer right now. And I know in me, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the, the good that I would, uh, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. And he's talking about a believer, okay? You can't have um, the inward man. Uh, is what delights in the law of God. And he, he had that inward man, the, 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 the born-again man, the spiritual man. Is, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. First of all, we see in verse 14, we see Paul states the facts. Just give me the facts, right? Uh, he says, the, the fact is, the law is spiritual. That's the first thing he says, for we know that the law is spiritual. Paul stated 
and the previous verses that there was a problem with us and the law of God before we ever got saved. We know that to be the case, don't we? I mean, the, the law pointed, pointed out uh, our sin. The problem was not with the law. The problem was with us. There's nothing wrong with God's law. In fact, uh, you look back before that, he talks about in verse 12, that wherefore the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. And we established that last week. So the law is spiritual. Uh, he reminds us here that the law of God is spiritual in nature. The law is a good thing and it lays down rules for proper living. If you could live your life according to God's law, you'd live a very good life, wouldn't you? Yes, really would. Jesus lived his life according to God's law because he was God in the flesh. But the, the very fact that it originated from God is proof positive that it's not bad. The problem does not lie with the law, but with man. So the law is spiritual. And here's fact number two. The flesh is sinful. And that's what he says there in verse number 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, number one, but I am carnal, fleshly. That's what that word carnal means. While the law would teach man how to live godly, man's flesh is only interested in that which is sinful. That's what our flesh is interested in. Uh, what Paul is saying here is that there's a part of him that, that he was still uh, having a problem with sin. He, in fact, he called it sold under sin. Our, our old nature uh, that, we, that we're, we've talked about in, when we were in chapter 6, we're to reckon it to be dead indeed unto sin because Christ died on the cross. He, he, you know, our sin was nailed to the cross with him. We are to count it as being so. We are to reckon it. Uh, that that is to be reckoned indeed unto sin is in fact alive and well and we do not, if, if we do not reckon it differently. Okay? We have to reckon it every day. To be, dead, to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto Christ. Now, um, there's a part of us that cannot sin, praise God. I, I'm glad when we got saved, our spirit and soul has been redeemed. We're, we're forever sealed from sin. We cannot sin in that part of our beings. But our flesh is a different story. Our flesh can be just as wicked as it ever was. We know that uh, uh, folks who are born-again believers can do, commit some of the... Uh, vilest things it's sad when I mean, you t- take a look at uh, David in the scripture and you had never thought David being a man after God's own heart could ever do what he did as far as as having a part in murder and adultery it just didn't, didn't make sense it was it was contrary to the character that we think of when we think of David but this flesh can be just as wicked as it ever was, it can be as mean as it ever was. It still possesses all the same old, ungodly, worldly appetites that has always had. And it's, a, uh, as Paul states here, sold under sin. It's always has been and ever will be the, uh, uh, trying to be controlled by uh, sin. Our flesh is wicked. Sin is so wretched and powerful in the life of even the redeemed that is ever striving to dominate in our lives. Uh, we see, Paul states next, his failures. Now he, he, he uses verses 15 through 20 for this, but let's see, verse, let's see first the struggle. He's talking about his failures here, and we see his struggle take place in verse 15 and 16. Uh, he says, For that which I, I do, uh, I allow not. What I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would, 
not, I consent unto the law that it is good. The word allow means to know. Paul's saying that he, he does not know, even know why he does what he does sometimes. We've all been there, hadn't we? You, know, you ever talk to yourself and say, man, what were, you, what, what were you thinking when you said that or you did that? You know, or you let that come into your mind. And Paul is saying uh, here that uh, you know, I've been right there with you and we, we, know, we understand that. He wanted to live right. Uh, he, uh, he wanted to do that, and that's what he would do. Okay, he wanted to live right, but he, then he didn't do it. He said, "That do I not?" He hated doing wrong. He said, "Well, what I hate, yet he did wrong. That do I?" <laughs> and that this was a struggle going on inside of Paul. And the simplest way to understand what he's saying here is that there's a part of him that affirmed the law. We look at the law, we know the law is good. I, I need to, to live according to uh, God's desires. That new man who came to life on the Damascus Road, uh, you know, Saul, when he was old Saul, and he got saved, got born again there uh, as he saw the light, literally saw the light, and then went blind uh, all at the same time. Uh, but he, he was there. He wanted to do the will of God, and he strove to do so. But at the same time, there was another part of Paul that yearned for everything that the law denies. When God says something is good, the flesh wants just the opposite. When the law says something is bad, the flesh wants it. Uh, and what he's describing here is a struggle between the old man and the new man. You know, I know we wish that we had gotten rid of the old man when we got the new man, but they live side by side. Uh, they're not good neighbors, are they? They're just not. There's a struggle within. In fact, uh, um, Galatians 5.17 puts it this way. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. And so we, we see uh, the struggle. Then we see the strugglers. That's, that's all of us that are born again. Look at verse number uh, 18. And 19 here. We'll come back to verse 17 in just a minute, okay? Uh, verse 18 says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would do, I do not. But the, but the evil which I would not, that I do. And so... Uh, the struggle described here is between the two Pauls, the old Paul and the new Paul. Uh, the new Paul wanted to do right, while the old Paul still wanted to do wrong. And these two men shared one body. They fought over the everything. He, he found that he was hindered when it came time to do the right thing. And he was helped when it came time to do the wrong thing. And we can all identify with that. Amen. And we, we don't need any help getting in trouble, do we? But our, our flesh uh, kind of helps us in that way. Uh, but we, when we have to fight the flesh, there's a part of us that wants to please God in everything we do. I, and I believe if I were to ask tonight, how many of you want to please God in everything you do? We get all the hands up, okay? We, we all want to do that. Um, but there is another part of us that fights us at every turn. And it's very frustrating to say the least. So we see the summation in verses 17 and 20. Uh, and the summation is, we could, this is really the conclusion, if you will, verse 17, he says, Now then, it is no more 
I that do but sin that dwelleth in me. In verse 19, for, for excuse me, verse 20, for now I do not that I would, it is no more I that do it but sin that dwelleth in me. Now twice in these verses, Paul tells us the problem he had was with his old sin nature. The old nature is still with us after we're saved. That wasn't the, uh, the saved new Paul that was constantly doing the evil and avoiding the good. It is the old Paul who still longed for wickedness that, that was at fault. Now, Paul was not making excuses for his sins. He was not doing that. He, he wasn't throwing up his hands and saying, Oh, well, you know, the struggle is rough, it's tough, and I just can't seem to do it. I, why fight it? Uh, if it feels good, do it. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying that at all. That wasn't his attitude, uh, and that'll become clear in a moment. But sadly, that seems to be the attitude that so many uh, that call themselves believers adopt. And they say, "Well, you know, I've tried, uh, I've tried the battle, uh, the the flesh, and it just uh, uh, the flesh gets the best of me every time, and I just stop, I just stop battling." Many people grow weary from the struggle and give in uh, to the will of the flesh. There can never be victory when that happens, and God's called us to victory, hasn't He? We called us to victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's statement there is not one of resignation. It is one of victory. He's telling us here that there was a, a new man living in his body and that new man was above and that old sinful lifestyle and that new man loves the Lord and that new man will fight until the days delivered from the fight and from the body of sin and evil. Amen. Uh, keep the fight going. Fight against that old man. And so we see Paul states his findings in verse 21 through 23. We see Paul's companion, and the same companion we have, okay? When we try to do good, evil's with us. Look at, look at verse 21. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Listen, every good word, every good deed, every good thought, every good motive, and every good thing will be challenged by evil. It just will be. We find it uh, to be true in our lives just the same way that uh, Paul did. If we're able to do any good thing, it most always comes with a battle. Have you ever gone through a tough battle and you came out, you know, the Lord helped you through that thing, you, you leaned upon Him, He helped you through, and you got through the battle, and you go, boy, that was tough, but we made it through. And, well, that's the way the, the Christian life is. When we would do good, there's always seems to be some temptation to do evil. It's hard to keep our motives pure. It's difficult to control our thought processes sometimes. And the only people who do not struggle, listen, the only people who do not struggle with the sinful nature are those who are lost in sin. They don't struggle at all. And they just do what comes natural. They're following the course of this world, the prince of the power of the air, and their own sinful nature uh, controlled by their lust. And uh, that's what Paul told the Ephesus Christians in Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 3. However, when a believer goes against the grain of the world, the flesh, and the devil, there is always a struggle. Evil is a constant wicked companion. So that's Paul's companion there, and same companion we got. We see Paul's confession there in verse 22. He says, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Paul tells us here that he loved the law after his inward man. Whatever, whatever God said in his word was a delight to the new Paul, and that's the way it's supposed to be, isn't it? We're delight, delight in the law of the Lord. Um, hold your place there. Look at Psalm 1 for just a minute. 
I mean, that's one way that we can be blessed in our life is to, to delight in God's law. Psalm 1, one of my favorite psalms, and verse number 1, Psalm 1, 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And here it is right here, verse 2, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And he goes on to say, The ungodly are not so, but are like the chafe which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And, and so uh, you know, we, we ought to have the same attitude toward the law of God as Paul had. We ought, we ought to delight after the law with our inward man, that, that, uh, that man that's been born again. It should be true for us if we're born again. When we do right and gain victory over our flesh and its wrong desires, our inward new man ought to delight in that. Amen? Just ought to delight in it. On the other hand, if a person hears the Word of God and hates the very thoughts of doing God's way, man, there's something wrong deep within. Something very wrong deep within. That person needs to be born again. Now, we see Paul's captivity here in verse 23 of our text. He says, But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Now, understand that although Paul's heart was set on doing the will of God, there was another part of himself that fought him at every turn and sought to bring him again into that captivity uh, that Jesus paid the victory for. And just as Jesus warned his disciples, remember Jesus warning his disciples in Matthew 26, 41, that the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah, we find that to be true, don't we? Again, this is a situation with, with which all of us can identify with. The inner man, the new man wants God. The old fleshly man wants the world. And uh, thankfully, there was nothing wrong with Paul's salvation, just as there's nothing wrong with ours. Paul's problem was that his flesh was ever trying to bring him into bondage again. And we, that, that's a problem we, we fa- will face day to day if we're not diligent in our struggle with the flesh and, and we will be defeated by our sin if we do not take our stand against the flesh it will win the day. Now we, we can see several places in scripture where Paul fought uh, his flesh. Uh, look at uh, 1 Corinthians 9. 1 Corinthians 9 and uh, verse number verse number 25 through 27 here. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 25. So, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. And I think what he's saying there is my fight. It's a real fight. It's not, we're not shadow boxing in this thing. We're in a real fight. But look at verse 27. Here's what we want to see. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection 
lest that by any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. Look back at uh, 1 Corinthians 6, just a few pages back there, and look at verse number, uh, well, let's see admonition that he had for these believers in uh, Corinth. Um, He says in verse number 9, he says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But ye are washed, ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus, and by the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. He didn't want to be brought back into bondage uh, to his flesh and the sinful desires that he had in his flesh. While we're saved by grace, uh, and, and that salvation is forever, understand that we must fight uh, sin every day in our lives. Remember, Paul, the Apostle Paul said, I die daily. We have to die uh, on a daily basis to uh, our flesh and to, to sin. Now, back in our text, let's t- take a look at verse 24 and 25. We see uh, the last thing here is that Paul states his faith. He states his faith in verse 24 and 25. He says, O wretched man, that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? He calls it a body of death. <laughs> I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the Lord of God, uh, uh, law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So we see Paul's problem there in verse 24. He calls, it, calls himself wretched. O wretched man that I am. Not said that I was. We, that's how we know that he's talking about his present condition. Wretched man that I am. Um, Paul expresses his desire to be free from this decaying fleshly nature. Amen. How many of you want to be free from this body of death that we have? I mean, uh, he wanted to be free. Now, I think he was frustrated and defeated by his own inability to uh, overcome evil at times. He wanted to be free, and that ought to be the desire of every child of God. Uh, how many of us are ever pleased with the, when we face the truth? We truly look at ourselves from the Word of God, and uh, we see our shortcomings, and we do fall... Uh, woefully short of God's glory sometimes in our life, don't we? And when we see that, uh, you know, and are we pleased with it? You know, none of us can be pleased with the way that we are. We want to be free of this sinful, wretched body. We want to be, we want to, be to that place where we have a new body, a new home, and we don't have to worry about sinning or the effects of sin anymore, don't we? We just, that's the way we want it. And it's going to be that way one day. We see Paul's prospect there in verse 20, 25. He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. <laughs> Who's going to deliver me from this body of death? He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, uh, here Paul states where his victory is coming from. And he reminds us that, that the day is coming when we who are children of God will be delivered from our vile, wretched bodies. Hey, hang on, it's coming, all right? But until then, 
Got to die daily. Uh, for as long as the Lord leaves us here, our day-by-day victory over this sinful flesh must come from the Lord. Now, uh, I want you to turn to a couple of different places here. Look at 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, and I, I want us to look at uh, uh, some verses here and in chapter 5 here, um, and then we're going to look at some out of 1 Corinthians 15. But 2 Corinthians 4, look at verse number 6. Uh, he said, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Glad we're born again, aren't you? But we have this treasure. Talking about the gospel. This treasure in earthen vessels <laughs> that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, not, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Note, notice verse 10. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our, our body. Do you see the reckoning? Reckon the old man to be dead indeed unto sin and to be alive unto God? That's, that's, that's what verse 10 is talking about. He says, verse 11, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Uh, and uh, I want you to take a look down to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, look at verse number 1 there. And he's talking about our body here. He says, so We know uh, if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, uh, we have a building of God and a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, <laughs> you know, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. I mean, and all God's people said, Amen. I mean, we, we, that's what we want. If so be that being uh, clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan. And we're, we're in this flesh, being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, and mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Look at verse 8, and here, here's... here's uh, uh, where we can identify. We are confident, and I say, and willing rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. Uh, and he goes ahead and talks about the uh, judgment seat of Christ there. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to what he has done, whether it be good or bad. So, um, it, as long as the Lord leaves us here, our day-to-day -day life, uh, our, our victory will come over this sinful flesh from the Lord on a day-by-day -day basis. If the Lord calls for us by way of death, we'll leave this flesh behind, won't we? We'll leave it behind and we'll be with the Lord. Now, if the Lord calls for us by way of the rapture, 
And that's where 1 Corinthians 15 comes in. 1 Corinthians 15. See, be in 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 10, he talks about to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. We leave the flesh behind there. And here in 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 50, in fact, we could uh, back up even further than that and see it there in verse 42. He's talking about the resurrection of the dead and how that uh, it's, uh, our body is sown in corruption. <laughs> it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there's a spiritual body. And we, have, we got this natural body. We'd love to just let that thing go and have our spiritual body, wouldn't we? Well, look down to verse number 50. He says, Now, this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood, well, that's what we got, is flesh and blood, <laughs> cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That's because it's corrupt. <laughs> and he says, Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Uh, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. There it is. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. This body of death. Amen. That's body of death that he was wanting to uh, some, somebody to do something with. And he knew he's talking about the, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to do with it uh, some, someday. Uh, verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. Verse 57, key, key verse. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I believe he's talking about laboring for the Lord, but also uh, laboring in uh, uh, living for God, uh, laboring against the, the, the desires of the flesh. So if the Lord calls us by way of the rapture, this flesh is going to be changed. And so we see Paul's prospect there. Uh, and then last of all, we see Paul's proposal there in our passage. He says there, uh, so then with the mind, I, I myself serve the, the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Now, this is not a declaration of Paul's defeat. He's not saying that he would just keep on wanting to do what's right in his heart while he keeps doing wrong with his body. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is that he's not giving up the fight. Uh, the fight's there. Don't give up the fight. You keep, you keep fighting. There'll be good days and there'll be bad days. But he's going to stay the course. He's not giving up. He's resolving to fight. Now the question tonight for us is, what, where's your resolve at? Okay, Are you resolving to, to reckon things to be as they truly are in Christ Jesus? To be dead indeed unto sin and alive unto Christ? That's a day by day decision we have to make. Paul's resolve should be our resolve. Amen. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we just thank you tonight for